The Believer's Walk of Faith is paid for by Bill Winston Ministries partners and viewers. Up next on the Believer's Walk of Faith. You take these scriptures and you get them down in here. And you begin to get in full down in here. And you begin to speak it and act on it. Say amen to that. What's in that word is going to manifest in your life. You will be a walking demonstration of the Spirit of God. Hello, Bill Winston here, and welcome to another program. The program that you're watching is called The Believer's Walk of Faith, where we walk by faith and not by sight. Well, we have a program for you today, and one of the points that I'm bringing out is that God has laid up sound wisdom for the righteous. Praise God. Now, I want you to see this now. God knew we were going to have problems. And he laid up the wisdom that it takes to solve the problems. Watch this. Before you were ever born. Every problem that you will have right now, there's a way to solve it. And God's laid it up. Now, how do you get it? First, you got to know it's there. (laughs) How do you know it's there? In the book. It says he's laid up sound wisdom for the righteous. How do I access it? By faith. Faith is not a feeling. You just got to say it. On Wednesday, I'll have the answer to this problem. Praise God. Then go before God. Say, Lord, I need wisdom to solve this particular problem. You said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. I'm asking you right now. And you said, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. So right now, by faith, I believe I've received the wisdom of God on this matter. In Jesus' name, start praising God. Watch how that answer starts coming. Tell him to watch it now because he might speak it through a six-year-old. But you're going to hear it and say, that's it. Praise God. Let's go right into it. Open your Bibles, please, and let's open to Hebrews chapter 11. Now, you have heard some good word this week. I mean, really. And I I just really want you to, um, I want you to, you know, not just hear it one time. You, you, you need to really um, meditate that word. You need to take that word and, and go over it and, 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 and ponder it and, and speak it and so forth and so on. And as you do that, that word will sink from your head down into your heart. And, uh, and uh, when it does that and gets in your heart, out of the abundance of the heart, what will happen? The mouth will speak. And as soon as the mouth starts speaking, um, you'll find that now you're changing things. Before, um, the word was changing you. And then when you speak it, you begin to change things. So uh, this is very, very powerful. All right. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Next verse. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. And through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. So that which we see did not come 
from something that was visible. That which we see. Now what is he talking about? He's talking about in the beginning when God spoke it. He said, let there be light. Now where was light before the light was in the earth? It was in God. How did it get out of God into the earth? It got out of God into the earth by a word. God said, let there be light. The Hebrew says, light be. And light was. Now notice, if you go back to Genesis, Genesis chapter one, please, you'll see that in Genesis chapter one, you have something going on on this earth. Look what he says here in verse one. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and the earth without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now here's the spirit of God. Now he's moving upon the face of the waters. Here's the spirit of God. Now nothing is happening. He's just moving. The one man, Dr. Cho says, it's like a, a hen just brooding, just maybe sitting on an egg or something like that. And he said, here is this Holy Spirit and he's brooding over all the face of the earth. Understand that the earth at, at that particular point in time didn't look like it does now. So here's the spirit of God. Now, what is the spirit of God waiting for? What is he waiting for? The word. Notice he can do nothing without the word. I said he can do nothing without the word. So he needs a word. The Holy Ghost was all over the earth, but doing nothing until the word came. Once the word came, what did the Holy Ghost do? He manifested the word. I said he manifested the word. John, John's gospel, chapter one. And starting at verse one. In the beginning, what? Was the what? Word And the word was what? With God and the word what? Was God. The same was in the beginning what? With God. All things were made by who? Him. Him who? God. God who? The word. And without him was not anything made that was made. Come on down verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Isn't that powerful? The word was made flesh. Now you could say a lot of things. The word was made a house. The word was made a new car. The word was made healing. The word was made healing of a marriage. The word was made. See, the word is all powerful. But the word needs the spirit of God so that the word can do the work of God. Now, the thing about it is Genesis chapter one again in verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Wow, we're gonna be made just like God. So you and I are made just like God and God is a God of faith. And so we are people of faith. Adam was a person of faith. Look what he did within verse seven of chapter two. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his mouth's nostril the breath of life, and man became a what? A living soul. A Bible says in one translation, he came, became a speaking spirit, just like God. So just like God can speak something and create it, 
that mankind can also speak something in created. Say amen to that. But the thing about it is that makes the kingdom of God so important is that because the kingdom of God is a sovereign governmental rule. In other words, you just can't do anything. In the kingdom, you have to stay under authority. And so now here is Adam and verse uh, chapter two and verse 19 and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Now, what is he saying here? He is saying that Whatever Adam called him is the same name God called him. Now, how did Adam get the names to name the animals? He got it from God. And if you need a name, you can get it from God. He says over in the book of James, glory to God. He said in verse five, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and he'll give it to you liberally and upbraideth not. Say amen to that. So basically those names were already reserved in heaven for that time. And everything that you will ever need in this earth is already reserved in heaven for your time. In other words, the first thing you got to do to get it into the earth is download it. See, it's got to come through a person. And so it's got to come through you. So the way you download it is by what? Faith. So he says over in James chapter six, uh, chapter one, verse six, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. I remember in Minnesota, here I was, it was late one Saturday night. And we had services on Sunday and I needed a message for Sunday. Now I was still working at the company, IBM, where I was working, but we had started the church and I'm getting before God. And I got there early and six o'clock at night and still hadn't gotten anything at eight o'clock and still hadn't gotten anything at 10 o'clock. And now it's going on 12 o'clock It's getting late and I'm getting desperate. So I began to cry. I began to cry. I said, Lord, <laughs> you know how y'all do. <laughs> the, the people need a word, Lord. And he said to me, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm trying to get a word. He said, is that the way you're supposed to come to me? I said, well, uh, that's not. He said, what does the word say about how you come to me? I said, well, it says for me to come boldly to the throne of grace. So notice what I was trying to do. I was trying to get God to move out of line with his word. And that's why the Bible says over in the book of James, you have not because you what? Ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss. You ask out of line with God's word. Because God, the Bible says, let's go to the book of Proverbs, please. And Proverbs and chapter 2. Over in Proverbs chapter two, it says this, and I'll read it in verse six. And the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understand knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for who? The righteous. 
Now notice, God has laid up wisdom for you to solve any problem you need to solve. But how are you going to access it? I'm going to give you three times to answer that. How are you going to answer that, uh, uh, access that? You're going to access it by faith. Now, when you access it by faith, come on over to Mark chapter 11, verse 24. It says, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, just believe, come on, help me, that you receive them and what will happen? And you shall have them. Now, I'm saying, where do we get all this stuff from? Where do we get all this trying to cry it out of God and, 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 and trying to get outside, get God to do it our way and so forth and so on? What happens? The Bible says over in Mark's gospel, chapter 4, verse 24, and he said unto them, take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. If you look also in, um, in Luke's gospel, in Luke chapter um, uh, 8, I think it is, he says for us to take heed how we hear. Don't just take heed what you hear. You better take heed how you heard what you heard. Now, what, what is he saying? Well, this man one time explained this, take heed how you hear. He said he was a little boy in his church. And the church, the preacher kept saying, marvel not, you know. Well, the little boy thought he said marble not, you know, shooting marbles, you know, those little marbles that boys shoot. Here's what the boy heard, marble not. Well, the boy went and sold all his marble, took, gave, gave away all his marbles because he thought that that what the preacher said. Well, he heard it, but he heard it the wrong way. Folks, religion will destroy you. I remember I got saved and when I got saved, something told me that that red Corvette was too much for a Christian believer to have and drive. So I said, well, let me get rid of this car. And so, cause I'm thinking if I can get rid of the car, I can be, be holy. So, so, so I ended up giving that car away, meaning that I sold it for little or nothing. And then I came back up and drove back up in our luxury apartment building where I was staying in a rusted out Nova. I, I don't have nothing against Novas, but this one was rusted. And the parking lot attendants saw me come back in that. They had seen me, you know, smart guy, really about the town, so forth. And I came back in that and they said, uh, uh, <laughs> Mr. Winston, what happened? I says, what, what do you mean? What, what, what happened to your car? I said, oh, I just kind of, kind of got to, got rid of it, so forth. And they, I, I could hear them over there. They, they were talking about me like I don't know what. Why? Because I had been hearing the wrong thing. And I'm telling you, not only do you hear it audibly, but sometimes the devil talks to your mind. And the devil tell you that this is too good for you. You can't do this. You can't. They're not going to accept you. You got to get rid of all of that and go back to this book right here 
and see that if God be for me, there ain't nobody that can stand against me, that he's made me more than a conqueror. Say amen to that. Now, I even looked at sometimes, you know, we kind of take this word and try to meet this word down to something that we can accept. But you know, this, this Bible, Jesus didn't preach going to heaven. Jesus preached heaven coming to earth. Say amen to that. See, like I said today to the, uh, the, the partners, I said, you have done all the dying you ever going to do. Look, look what he says. Look at John, John, John chapter 11, please. Over in John chapter 11, this is when Jesus came to the great site of Lazarus. And as he came to the great site of Lazarus, in verse 23, and Jesus said to her, thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said unto him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection in the last day. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were what? Dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me, come on, come on, help me, shall never die shall never die. When your body ceases to function in this earth, you just step right out of that body. Watch this. Into the presence of Jesus. Now, so he is not preaching on you going to heaven. He's preaching on heaven coming to earth. And I'm telling you, once you preach on heaven coming to earth, all of a sudden, now you got to watch that you don't pull God's thoughts down to your level. You're going to have to take your level and go up to God's thoughts because heaven, I'm going to say it and don't, don't, don't shout me down. Heaven is lavish. Man, heaven, heaven is lavish. Heaven is, is, uh, is, 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 uh, is opulent. Heaven is, and there is nothing wrong with that, folks. When, when, when people know that you've been broke all your life, and all of a sudden you come, and not only are you healed, but you're living good, you're driving good. Watch this. You're going out on your yacht every Sunday afternoon after church. Come on, come on, come on. You got your nine-bedroom home. You got a home in Chicago, a home in South Africa, a home in New York City, a home over in Portugal. I'm saying when they see your lifestyle, all of a sudden something going to happen to them and they're going to say, who is this? Where did it come from? And so forth. So God, Jesus demonstrated a kingdom that of heaven's reality into the earth. And he wanted to demonstrate that because he wanted to show people what it was really like. Now, here's where people get off. They think if you get all of this wealth, you got to keep it. That's not the design of this, folks. What, what God is doing is he's making you an example, but he's going to use you to help finance his gospel throughout the world. And folks need to see the gospel on the level that it's supposed to be preached. Now, you take this book and look at scriptures involving wealth and money and all of that. 
And the, the average preacher start preaching some of that scripture. Watch he or her be a target of demonic attack. Why? Because Satan has built the fence around those scriptures. He has put a wall around those scriptures because he knows that if you take these scriptures and you get them down in here, yeah. like God has this whole earth down in here, and you begin to get it full down in here, and you begin to speak it and act on it, say amen to that. What in that word is going to manifest in your life? You will be a walking demonstration of the Spirit of God. Now, faith, it's the master key. For you to do anything for God, God does nothing apart from faith. So it's a master key. Faith is the servant of the believer. That's found over in Luke chapter 17. Faith is the servant of the believer. When Jesus came to that fig tree, he spoke it. And once he spoke it, he went on and did something else. Well, what's working while he's doing something else? Faith, see, it's a servant. It'll take care of business while you're doing something else. Say amen to this. And faith is the currency of the kingdom. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. He didn't say according to your pocketbook. He didn't say according to your bank account. Come on. He didn't say that. You see, faith will either get you the thing or the thing to get the thing. Now think about it. God has all this for you that he's already died to provide. Revelation chapter 13 and verse 8, please. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain when? From the foundation of the world. When was the lamb slain? Who is the lamb? So Jesus, even though he died 2,000 years ago, in heaven he was slain when? For the foundation of the world. Put up the Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, please. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Where? In heavenly places in Christ. Look at the next verse. According as he has chosen us when? He chose you before the foundation of the world and blessed you before the foundation of the world. Faith for the believer is a lifestyle. In order to please God, we must have faith. Faith in His Word, faith in His promises. But how do you build faith in moments of uncertainty? How do you hold fast in moments of doubt? The answer is simpler than you might think. God has promised to meet your every need. To possess what is already prepared for you, you must believe, receive, and speak the Word in faith. In today's message titled, Lighting the Fire of Faith, by Dr. Bill Winston, you will learn how to activate your faith in all aspects of your life. Faith for abundance, faith for deliverance, faith for healing, faith for finances, and so much more. 
Learn how to stand firm in the face of fear and doubt. In the U.S., call us now at 800-711-9327 or go online to BillWinston.org. Or in Canada, call us now at 844-298-2900 or go online to BillWinston.ca and get your copy of today's message, Lighting the Fire of Faith. Through this message, Dr. Bill Winston will help you develop your faith. Call now to receive this message and start your journey to a deeper understanding of the power of faith that exists within you. I'm Bill Walton. I'm the founder and CEO of Accelerated Wealth. I was raised uh, in a Christian family, and uh, I have, uh, I'm one of seven brothers. We were raised on a, a ranch and uh, one beautiful parents that uh, raised us, um, you know, to follow after, to follow after the Lord. When I graduated, I went to seminary and um, when I finished seminary, I came out and had kind of a equal desire to do both, you know, in the pastoral world, but I had this, uh, this same desire in the, in the business. I, you know, I graduated from seminary uh, but from that time, I've always ran businesses as well. I've always done both uh, between you know different pastoral work and different types and styles of companies. And there's just this idea in Christianity of, well, if you're quote unquote called into the ministry, that means you're going to be a pastor somewhere. And so, you know, that idea really kind of kept me always feeling somewhat odd about running companies as well as the pastoral uh, work that I was doing. And I went back and forth, this feeling of you know, guilt, am I chasing some type of financial thing? And really it was under uh, Dr. Winston's ministry uh, that I learned that it is not an either or, it's a both and, and we are to do that. We are to be kings and priests in the marketplace. And, and really that is what has helped the launch of Accelerated Wealth, our company. Uh, we were in the process of launching that uh, and in its infancy when we really met uh, Dr. Winston and his ministry and his uh, teaching on the revelation of royalty and that idea. I listened to that series over and over and over and over again. At that time, we had um, between various investments that we had and investments in real estate and the different pieces that we had going on, we were you know, well over, we were well over a million in debt at that point. And um, I still remember the place I was standing, listening to Dr. Winston teach and was ta talking about um, the aspects of your covenant right to being debt free. He had the whole congregation at that moment and we were, I was listening to this, I wasn't there in Chicago. I was listening to the, the video afterwards, but I stood up right where I was at and I did the exact thing. I just, I, rem I started from that point on. Every time I thought about it, whatever was going on, just started thinking, God, I'm debt free. Over the course, it wasn't very long. I want to say 18 months, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit less than that, maybe a little more. We were debt free. And our office and our home, our, this business, uh, we operate 100% debt free. From the time we started to listen to Dr. Winston's ministry, which was early on in our company to current, we have grown every year and every year by double digits. 
uh, and high double digits on an annual basis. So we've now grown to 15 offices in seven different states and our footprint continues to grow. Dr. Winston's teachings, he is one of the, of uh, just a couple voices out there that clearly articulate the idea of ministry in the marketplace. Business leaders, our responsibility is to hear that and not just hear it, but begin to apply it to our lives, apply it to our businesses, because it is not the hearer of the word that gets the power to prosper. It is the doer, it's practically applying it. I love uh, Dr. Winston's, one of his favorite uh, sayings that I love to say over and over again, is we're not here to take sides, we're here to take over. That's the spirit of faith that we have to operate in. And there, there will be obstacles in any industry you will have to answer it with faith.